Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Film Seizure. I am Jason Oliver, and I'm joined by two guys that I talk movies with a lot. Who are those guys? Their names are Jeff Arbuckle. What's up? And Chuck Moore. What's down? Dang. (laughs) (laughs) What, what? (laughs) (laughs) What, What was your son charged with? (laughs) <laughs> that, that's not, he says that in every it is ten scene. ten ten thousand dollar bail. I know that much. Yeah. Oh, everything's ten thousand dollar bond. Got to put ten. Yeah, bond is well, the bond bond is thousand because that's what goes to the bondsman. Yeah, bail yes. is ten thousand. Right. Right. So he's got to put a bail. I don't know how this but, works. But I've bond, never been arrested. But the bond costs a thousand. It's ten percent, and you don't get the thousand back. That goes to the bondsman, right? But he, but the bondsman puts up bail, yes, which is the full ten thousand. And if they don't show up for court, then he loses. The That's $10, why he goes after them. He will go after them, right. right? But if they do show up for court, the person who pays the ten the thousand dollar bond. Or well, they put up the full ten thousand, but but they get they get nine thousand back. They get nine thousand back. I'm Jeff Arbuckle. I'm pretty sure that's how all that works. Anyway, our film today is 1997's Jackie Brown. Yes, yes. Bail bonds Bail and bonds. you. Bail bonds and you. This is going to be an educational. Max, Max Cherry. Yeah. yeah, it's better to know me and not need me than Max, need Max me Cherry's, and not know me. Max Cherry's bail bondsman. Because, yeah, because it's bail, but he's a bondsman. It's like insurance. Oh, yes. my gosh. This is hilarious. <laughs> he also has Tiny Zeus Lister. He will he will find you. He will. He's got to be like the best trace skipper in the world, right? It's his job. Yeah. Skip like, tracer. What I do. Skip tracer. Skip tracer. Trace skipper. <laughs> trace skipper. <laughs> this is going to be a fun episode, guys. Oh, my We're already gosh. off to a great start. This is the third film. By Mr. Quentin Tarantino. It is. I saw this in the theater opening night, Christmas 1997. It was like Christmas Eve. It was a midnight showing. Nice. Uh, I saw it at the quad, packed house, electric room. Like people were fucking amped for this movie. Like the the promotional campaign around this was badass. All the trailers were badass. Um. You know, he had Sam Jackson being Sam Jackson. I think like the 8K47. Oh my god, that 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 whole that whole video that he's watching the chicks who dig guns. Yeah, that killed me. Yeah. Oh yeah, that killed me. I was dead. The trailers for this were just like, if you didn't want to see this movie, you just weren't cool. You just weren't cool. Yeah, I mean, this is coming off the heels of Pulp Fiction, right? Too, right, like everyone fucking right. loved. Did someone already say that? I was listening. No, no but no, no. But yes, it, it is. It is a, a few years after Pulp Fiction, and yeah, this was the long anticipated follow up. Yeah, three, it took three years. Uh huh. Well, Pulp Fiction had to run its course, you know, and everybody had to get to see it on VHS. I did not see Pulp Fiction in the theater, but I, I did either. see this in the theater. I, I was sure I was did. trying to think about that. Last God, night when so I was excited. watching this, I, I, this is one of those movies in my in the pantheon of movies I've seen in the theater. This is one of the ones I was the most excited for. I, I was love eighteen years the old. Soundtrack too. Yep. Yep. I did see this movie in the theaters, and it changed my life. Or no, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. I wanted to go back. To Pulp I Fiction. definitely did. Not I see did Pulp see Fiction that in the movie in the theaters, and it changed my life. Someone's 
mom brought us in like four. Because what year was that? 94? 94. So I theoretically don't think I could get in. Yeah, you could have. On an R rating, you could have. Because it came out in like September of 94. I don't even think. We were old enough. It was in theaters near me. Because it was kind of like one of those ones that didn't get a really wide release. And then it maybe did after it got some awards. I think we saw it in like January, February. Like the, yeah, you could yeah. have gone. But yeah. yeah, I mean. But I was 15 when Pulp Fiction came yeah, out. I mean, right. it was. I was, yeah, I was, it, it, it wasn't really even on my radar when it was in theaters. Um, I saw Pulp Fiction on VHS because my, my aunt owned it, who I stayed with, uh, in Pennsylvania. And I was like, what is this? It's like, we went there on the cover. I was like, I don't even, I don't know anything about this. I, I absolutely fell in love with it. Oh yeah. I watched it and it fucking blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the, it's one of the movies that made me love movies. Yeah. Fact, fact. I mean. Yeah, it just is. It's it's a, and it's a love letter to movies. That makes sense, right? Yeah. It's kind of like one of those movies where you see it when you're 15 and you don't know anything about it. And then as you start to like watch more movies and you understand <laughs> kind of like why it, it is, why this movie exists, it's because it's a love letter to other movies. Yep. And there's just a lot of, of, of the onion you can start to peel away. Yeah. It really, it really helped me on my journey to, to kind of understanding, um, uh, really kind of like exploitation cinema. Right? Yeah, and Jackie Brown is kind of the same way, right? Absolutely. I mean, it, same, same kind of thing. Yeah, a love letter to maybe different kind of movies than Pulp Fiction. It's definitely but, inspired by black exploitation, yep. but not black exploitation, right? right. Um, I it's mean, more it, a it's, celebration of it than being it. Well, more than anything, it's a celebration of Pam Greer. Yep. Yeah um yep and particularly of like uh foxy brown and and coffee and um yep yeah yeah absolutely um yeah it's it's kind of (laughs) must have been pretty cool and also a hard sell for quentin tarantino i although after pulp fiction he probably could write his own check but um it's like yeah i want my lead to be pam greer this sort of kind of washed up middle-aged black woman you know, to be my lead, I don't know. I don't know how that went over an early, well, an early uh, studio. Uh, the only young, pitches. an opposite of her. Let's put Robert Forster, like, right? Yeah. I mean, the only. I don't think he was his first choice, but yeah, yeah. Well, the the only person of movie going target audience age, the only two people in this are Chris Tucker, who's only in one scene. Yeah. And Bridget Fonda, who is set dressing for a good chunk of this movie until she starts to kind of work her way into the plot. Why not well, De Niro? Well, De Niro, De Niro, De Niro well, but, but I'm talking De Niro about like let the weight. Um, well, like the, but, but what I'm saying is, is that those were your technical ticket people for the 18 to 29 crowd anyone who saw pulp fiction would be driven by sam jackson Jackson, 100 percent. sam jackson was a fucking star when this movie yeah well 100 and so was de niro yep yeah but i'm talking like that's not how marketing tends to think they they think how it's what sold me and i was that age but i mean but like we're also different two two things sold me on this movie when i was 18 years old it was quentin tarantino and fucking sam jackson yeah but i'm saying we're not the normal i didn't know who pam Graham was we're not the normal people though it's like the the average we weren't that much 
much different than everyone else. The average person that the marketing people would think of is we got to have hot young people in this. Chris Tucker. Uh, the whole trailer Chris, was Sam Jackson. I know, yeah. but I mean, but like it's it's not it, this movie isn't marketed to the normal audience. They didn't market it with Chris Tucker, though. That's no, what they, I'm no, saying. No, no, no. I think you misunderstand what I'm saying here. What I'm saying is, is that because he could write his own ticket and this is a Merrimax released movie he could have these older people lead his movie for older with an older gaze because this movie really is not a young vibrant movie it's about older people kind of not in their prime yeah right. but but it was it was marketed you're right it was marketed more hip than the movie ultimately was i agree with that well and what i'm saying is is that the people they're marketing to is not your typical like paramount or warner brothers wouldn't know what to fucking do with this movie in 1997 i mean honestly they sold this movie on quentin tarantino's name right but i'm saying that the average moviegoer is follow up to pulp fiction the average moviegoer wasn't a wasn't a quentin tarantino you're not going to sell them on Quentin Tarantino. I saw this in a sold-out theater Christmas night, and everyone was fully aware of who Quentin Tarantino was. I know, but you're... you're. I think again, you're underestimating the power that Tarantino and Sam Jackson had in 1997. I think, I, I think you guys are overestimating. No, like, so. everyone was talking. Like, everyone, literally everyone was talking I mean, this movie this didn't movie. make a lot of money. It made 70... $5 million on a $12 million budget, which is a fucking success. Right, it didn't make a, it didn't make Pulp Fiction money. No, it didn't but, because it's not it, because it didn't have the. But I would guess that like sixty percent. Well, it definitely didn't. I yeah. don't think it had. I don't think it had the the word of mouth. That's where Pulp Fiction made its money. But it's just, but it's but, but everyone who, everyone like us who love Pulp Fiction came back for Jackie Brown. Well, yes, and but, I made up for I think most of the box office. Yeah, I just, I think you guys are, Quentin Tarantino was, is a, the people who like him, like him and will go see his movie. And at that time, it's the follow up to. Yeah, the Quentin Tarantino of, movie everybody likes. Yeah, like, that's what like I'm the, saying. The, not everybody likes. No, not everybody did like it. But it was you know what it, I it mean. Was still, right. Nobody is. It everybody. was still culturally like a phenomenon that movie. Yeah, it really right. was. Right, but I'm just saying is that this is a, this is not the. Oh, the, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. But the point is, is that I think that you know this is still a niche movie. Sure. So people we hang out with are going to like this movie. The general person on the about, street. I'm not talking about who likes it. I'm sorry. I'm talking about who went to see it. Right. But I'm just saying that's like we know everybody we know would wanted to see this movie and went and saw it. But the general person off the street, if you'd asked them if you know anything, about it, they wouldn't have known anything about well, it. I don't think, I, won- I, well, I still don't think you sell it with Bridget Fonda. You sell, well, no, you sell but it with I'm Robert just, De Niro. No, but I'm saying that you're you're not you're selling a movie to a studio would sell this would try to sell this movie to a younger audience with the younger people in the, but this movie does not really have that. Right. I but, think that's where we and, got and, off but path. They, but here. they did, but they did try to do that and and it was because every single 
trailer was with was Sam Jackson exclaiming when you absolutely positively got to kill everybody and didn't say fucking, but it cut it to everybody in the room except no substitutes. Was it in every fucking trailer? Yeah. And every young person knew who Sam Jackson was and every fucking young person who, who liked Sam Jackson went to see that movie because of Sam Jackson. Sure. For sure. Sure. And I mean, he was he was a fucking star when sure. this movie came out. And he was primarily a star because of Pulp Fiction. No, yeah, I mean, he absolutely was a star. I mean, it wasn't, yeah, no, I mean, of course it was that movie. But I'm just saying that it's like, this is still, yeah, I, we, we, we got off, we got off track there because <laughs> we, we're not on the same road here. But you do, but you do bring up, I think, an interesting discussion point because I do believe that for a lot of people, this movie disappointed. Oh, this is yeah. This it is, was not flashy like 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 unorthodox. Tarantino. Right. This is a straightforward movie, yep. and yep. it it was not the, no like everybody who saw Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs could see themselves as one of those characters, or at least you could. Uh, I don't know about in, that. Well, you, in an idealized way, you could say. Oh, it'd be cool if I was like John Travolta and I could just kind of well, traipse in and out there's of everything. an element of cool, for sure. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this... You I know, mean, Pam Greer's pretty fucking cool. Well, Pam Greer's pretty fucking cool, but at 20 years old, <sighs> I didn't want to be any of these people. Sure. You know, it's like these are, these are older characters. These are, you know, I mean... But this also is a kind of a classic tale... That happens every now and then. It's like a movie comes out, it's a revelation. Pulp Fiction came out, it's a revelation. The follow-up is is unfortunate to be the follow-up, even if it's as good. Some people think this is a better movie than Pulp Fiction. And, and that's way, fair. In some ways it is. In some ways it is. But in other ways, it's it just doesn't have that Pulp Fiction. It, it, it doesn't have that panache. Right. Yeah. I mean, think about like what's your favorite m night Shyamalan movie i mean six cents but a lot of people say unbreakable well yeah I, but I, the the revelation is six cents the movie that came after it is they're they're neck and neck they're yeah neck but it's neck. but nobody talks about unbreakable in the same way but, well, i think but a none lot of the other ones dislike unbreakable too because of the same re- it's like this isn't the six cents this is stupid I, I, or whatever you I, know. I for a long time i liked unbreakable more right but um but but Really, he's only made two movies, good movies, and those are those are both of them. <laughs> I kind of I like Signs. I mean, it's, uh, it's we're, our... we're not talking about Signs. <laughs> signs has some great moments, but it's also very stupid. <laughs> it's the first indication that it's like, oh, he can get real stupid. But... Oh yeah. Oh, I like Lady in the Water more than Signs. I think. I think so too. And that's <laughs> I, a stupid. Movie. Yeah, I saw. <laughs> I've seen only two of his movies after Signs. Oh, really? Because after think, after the I think village, sadly, I've seen them all. Split is good. Yeah, I like. Split. I know, but uh, but after the village, I was like, "Fuck this guy!" I like, I, the, I, like I like the visit too. It's kind of like back to basics. Yeah, the visit was good. Kind of back. So, to I basics. mean, they're decent decent movies. Anyway, like, we're what are yeah. we talking about? I'm like, I don't know. That's good. That's but fun. anyway, my point was was that you know this is kind of the the follow up to the revelation is always going to be the benchmark is 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 tough. Whatever it's going to be the tough. benchmark, right? And regardless of how much this movie really is deserving of more conversation and more appreciation um 
most people aren't going to if people saw this movie first and then saw pulp fiction it was a different story but unfortunately most people see pulp fiction first because that's the one everybody's like oh you gotta see this one well i do i do think there's something there i mean i remember watching this and liking it but coming away thinking feeling a little let down right yeah this is a movie that i grew to appreciate yeah and i grew to appreciate to the point where it is probably my second or third favorite tarantino movie when you know i probably couldn't have said that 10 years ago yeah. um I really, really grew to, to appreciate this movie a lot more. And I think it is Tarantino's most, most, uh, in some ways, his most focused movie. He's, he's really intent on just telling a story, not necessarily in a conventional way, but in a, in a, um, in a digestible way. Well, this it, is, it, it's pretty concise. Yeah. 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 Y- yeah. You might, you might be able, I mean, like, you might look at this movie and realize, like, okay, there's double crosses and triple crosses and stuff, and think, oh, my God, this is going to be convoluted and difficult. Right. And it, it actually isn't. It's and, and, very and, simple. And there's a lot of ways you could make it super convoluted. Right. But it's very, I mean, granted, she has to get lucky at one point. Yeah. But otherwise, this is pretty straightforward. Yeah. It, 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 he, oh, and Tarantino got lucky. I don't, well, lucky's not the right word, but, but. Pam Greer sells this whole fucking movie. Oh yeah, I mean like, it is it is it is an unbelievable performance. It's it's honestly kind of we maybe talked about this a few weeks ago, but it's honestly kind of a travesty she wasn't nominated for this. Um, as good as Robert Forrester is, he's like my third or fourth favorite performance in this movie. Well, he was nominated for the supporting role, so right, yeah. Um, that might be another one of those scenarios where it's like he's really a lead, but. Yeah. He has a better chance of winning right, in right, the sporting. Right. Yeah. Because if he and Pam Greer get nominated, they'll split. You know, somebody would rather say give it to Pam or not vote for him in the in the other category. Yeah. There's one moment in this movie that I think Robert Forster deserves his whole nomination for, and he oh, doesn't even cool. say a word. I look forward to talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. He's great. No yeah, doubt. No great. doubt. No doubt. So, Everybody in this is great. Yeah. Jackie Brown, she's an airplane um stewardess. Stewardess. Stuart. It's fu- it's funny like, flight attendant. Flight, flight attendant. attendant. It's funny that like, <laughs> I don't I I don't know enough to know like all of the, you know, Tarantino is known for his pastiche. She's known for his homage to to other shots and other directors and kind of steals and people kind of criticize him for that. And he definitely steals right off the bat. And people criticize him for it, but the the opening shot is the graduate. It's Dustin Hoffman on the oh yeah on the uh, well the song is the theme song to another movie. Right, 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 right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but but he doesn't do that a lot after that. I think he just likes that shot from the graduate, and it's like, well, what a cool way to introduce a flight attendant. You know, yeah, she's gonna be on one of those conveyors, and I like the that the concept of her <laughs> realizing that she's she's. Uh, running a little bit late. There's she's a whole arc to, to cool. that. Yeah. yeah, she's trying to keep well, her cool. She's like, oh, I can I can chill on this for a while, but now I got to kind of start moving and picking up my pace, and I get there just in time, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, and then, um, I mean, there's an, there's a whole arc to the to the final shot. There's two really great long shots yeah. with her. Um, actually, three because there's one right in the middle where she's frantically running around the mall. That's yeah. I think Chuck, you were the one who said that tarantino directed the hell out of this movie yeah um 
and a lot of it is his his restraint. It's so much. I mean, yeah, he's well. Yeah, there's no there there's no um, blood in Sam Jackson's afro in this movie. Right? That's the only bad choice in this movie is Sam Jackson's hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, man, it's it's something. Oh, that is something. It's, and really, his, it's, it's and supposed to be outlandish, right? Oh, I, for sure. Yeah. He, oh well, yeah, he's he's, 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 a, he's a, like a, he's like he's a all he's playing the villain, right? Yeah, playing it up. Play the villain up, you know, yeah, like he's, an outrageous villain, you know. Yeah. There's never never any question about who he is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Um yeah, it's uh this is this is a, a movie, this is a mature movie. Um whereas Reservoir Dogs is very immature in a lot of ways. Oh, absolutely. Um uh, the Pulp Fiction is probably a little more style over actual substance, Most although definitely. there's a lot of good substance there, too. But it's probably mostly style. Well, yeah, this is the first time that like Tarantino, I feel like, didn't write around a bunch of cool things he thought yeah. in his head and wanted to get in a movie. Yep. Like, th- this is really cool conversation I want to have. Right. So how do I fit this in here? And, 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 it, and it bears it bears uh, mentioning that, you know, this is the only thing he's made that's based on source material. Yeah, it helps that yeah. Elmore Leonard wrote it, a book that he could. It gives him framework. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he can't go too far outside of rum punch. And, and right. he doesn't probably because he respects Elmore Leonard. He probably doesn't want to to desecrate that either. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sure. Well, and then, yeah, and so he also has, um, yeah, and it's just, it's, it's, it's just, it is this much more mature, much more like, these are much more realistic people. Um, Realistic. Well, I mean, (laughs) compared to, you know, John Travolta and and Sam Jackson from the previous movie. I think these people's predicaments are just as outlandish. They're just downplayed. Yeah, th- well, it, it doesn't. It. Um, I mean, it's. it's how do I? I mean, Omar Leonard is a pulp writer. You sure. Know? Yeah. So but, it's it's just a, high, a little bit more elevated than you know because he's a best selling author. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I just think like you know, I I just think about the characters in, in Pulp Fiction. They're almost defined by their um, eccentricities, whereas these characters are kind of defined by their by their lives by what they but what they do in their lives That's not fair. by I, their it, there, there's a lot more day in the life yeah in this than there is in pulp fiction for sure yeah yeah um the 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 day in the life stuff in pulp fiction is kind of like it's to serve the um the cool factor yeah where in this it's like these are people who who are living normal lives who who happen to all convene in this kind of crazy story and how do they react right yeah so there is there yeah i I agree with that i think in a lot of ways like pulp fiction is is the breaking moment for every character in that movie almost Yeah, yeah and this movie is what happens to you after you've had your breaking moment in life how do you how do you set yourself up for the rest of your life after everything's kind of whatever? Like she's been arrested, she's she's made mistakes, she's you know like right. So how do I get myself out of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
um, using my wits because that's all anybody really has in this are their are their wits and, and the people intellect. that don't have wits end up in yeah not surviving right yeah. right yeah, <laughs> yeah. well yeah. one person only the strong survive yep it's a yeah there, there's one character who is wildly witless and another character who slowly loses his wits yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Smokes his wits away. <laughs> something. Something his wits away. Yeah. He's. Um, I hope that De Niro looks back on this performance fondly because I think it is tremendous. It, it's one of my favorites in the movie. It's so good. It's so good. It's just so. It's so gradually perfect. And it's understated the whole way until the end. Yeah, it's the least De Niro you ever see De Niro. It, right. Until the end. Until yes. the end. Yeah. And then he becomes full De Niro. Right. Right. Scowling De Niro. And it's his downfall. And it's right. like, oh, it's, it's wonderful. Here's something interesting about this movie, too. It's a title character, Jackie Brown. She's in that first scene. She says, like, two right. words. And then you don't see her again for, like, 40 minutes. I didn't yeah. time it, but you don't see her for a yeah. long-ass time after that. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Because you, you're- I up, thought about that, You're too. setting up the villain. Yeah. Yeah, that whole time. Yep. Yeah, because you have to see him deal with the Chris Tucker character, Beaumont. Beaumont. Yes, because everything that happens to Beaumont is what she is in danger of the rest of the movie. If, yep. I, if I had to guess, I'd say Beaumont's his Christian name. <laughs> <laughs> Beaumont Livingston. He was right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, let's... Um, what, what, are we, uh, what do we got here? We got um pam greer of course is a is a flight attendant um basically what she does is she's she's a she's a money launderer yeah smuggler she's a a smuggler she's a courier yeah she's smuggling money because she's she has less custom restrictions because she's you know she's coming in and out on international flights to mexico she can basically bring as much money because she can bypass everything and that's important when we see that at the beginning, because there is a scene like right after she gets off that conveyor, she's um, we see the the security people checking bags, and then uh oh uh oh, and then she runs right past that. Yeah, so they it's know like, her. Yeah, she's not a threat. They right. know who she is. She's she, an employee. She has leeway. Right, and that's really important for someone who wants to uh, illegally bring stuff into bring, a country. Bring yeah money into the country yeah yeah because that's what ordell is doing he's selling guns in mexico but he's got to bring the money which how does that work actually i don't know it's kind of stupid it is kind of stupid he's he's his money is in mexico from gun dealing but how does he get the guns to mexico i don't know and why doesn't he just bring the money back the same way i don't know I, I chose to like ignore like, that. Well, whole there's a lot of, of like uh, me too, me too. <laughs> like, why don't we have to talk about it? I'm just like, huh? That's kind of like what? But it doesn't matter. His money is in Mexico. She brings it back. She works for the shittiest airline because she's got a record. It's the only one that'll hire her. And Ordell has has taken advantage of her financial situation and has enlisted her as one of his mules, essentially. To bring his money back from Mexico to L.A. Yes, uh, and she gets caught, but not before Ordell. Not before Beaumont gets caught. Yeah. So um, or- Ordell is. We meet him and uh, Lewis. Lewis is uh, De Niro. Yep. 
and he is um they are you know he's talking to lewis about the gun business yeah because lewis has just gotten out of jail um or recently gotten out of jail yeah and he's like you know he's talking about all these guns that he sells and everything and um it is funny because we also meet melanie mm-hmm. which is bridget fonda and uh she's just kind of a side piece she's kind of there for anybody's entertainment yeah um and she brings up to robert de niro that he's not really as smart as he sounds he's just repeating shit that he's, he's heard. heard from somebody else yes. now whether or not that's actually true you know it's there's certainly a a uh a, um image thing with ordell yeah and there's a lack of respect by melanie for ordell yes so that's all established right out of the gate yeah um and, and de niro is just kind of he's just kind of a hapless jerk basically he pretends he's a ha- i think he's kind of pretending he's a hapless jerk or he's i don't know what his because we find out what he really is so whatever yeah. he is in this moment is kind of like maybe he's been beaten down by the system and he's not really like he doesn't have that full vigor of yeah. what he used to be it feels like kind of he's getting old yeah he's definitely getting old he's trying to find his bearings he's yeah. uh yeah he doesn't really know what he wants but i don't think he's hapless he's just kind of acting yeah maybe not acting is not the right word it's just the way where he is in life yeah yeah he's not real he's not real sharp to his instincts anymore right yeah it takes him a while to piece together what what... well he doesn't even understand like how a car alarm works no (laughs) it's like just press the button it goes boop 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 yeah yeah right and uh, the fact that we actually see him having to you know do that whole thing is also pretty pretty great I i think he's a little bit institutionalized did this movie take place i can't even remember like in the time it was made yes Mm -hmm. yes so i wonder if over those four years where he was in prison where like car alarms became popular (laughs) maybe like beepers Uh, came out and like there's probably all sorts of stuff he missed like that's kind of the way i interpreted it yeah 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 Yeah. um yeah so then he's just a little out of his time yeah 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 and you know he's probably not used to a lot of people having those at the very least right it was a rich people thing before but i also but i also don't think he was ever like master criminal Mm -mm. i mean like like like, he got caught robbing a bank right he's like exactly right (laughs) it's like shit i'm impressed but he still got caught you know yeah 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 the um so yeah so he's you know he's watching the the chicks who dig guns he ain't he ain't ain't de niro from heat that's for sure no no (laughs) no and he's yeah he's not corleone either Um, (laughs) so yeah they're watching this video which is just girls talking about how much they like guns and they're wearing bikinis and they're just like it's it's hilarious because it's the most American video I've ever seen in my life. It's something else. It, it, it had, that had to be a shit ton of fun to shoot. Like, that's that's honestly, like, the biggest Tarantino flourish in this movie is, right. is chicks with guns. Like, that is fucking funny. Well, and, 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 the, and, the, and the, the diatribes he has about every single gun. Right. Especially when he gets into the 45. It's like, the killer had a 45. All, all these guys want a 45. You know? Right. <laughs> Well, yeah, because yeah, it's like the the martial arts stuff was two percent. 
of the people watching Jackie Brown knew who the fuck the killer was. Right. <laughs> right. Talk about, yeah, the, the, yeah. That's a deep cut. Right. Yeah. But the, um, yeah, so the, yeah, and so basically he's like, yeah, he's getting these phone calls. And of course, Melanie's not answering. The phone. It's like, it's for you. And of course, he's kind of, kind of playing up like his tough guy, probably partially for robert de niro oh most definitely he's 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 peacocking a little bit a little bit and he's yeah. like get the phone and she's like it's gonna be for you and he's like get the fucking phone <laughs> yeah and so she picks up the phone hello and then slams it down it's, like, it's for you <laughs> <laughs> and one of the calls that comes in is uh beaumont calling from prison yeah yeah who and he's been he's been arrested so he's gonna go and get some get a bail uh bond for him so he goes down and he talks to Max Cherry, who's Robert Forster. And uh, now Forster is not dumb. Nope. Because it seems kind of odd that somebody is going to come down here and give him a bag of 10 grand for somebody whose name he doesn't fully know. Right. And he's like, 10,000 right. a lot. And he's got it just in a fucking duffel he, bag. He didn't just do whatever. Like, there's right. got to be more to this if it's $10,000. Exactly. So, but that's not really his job. He's going to write the, you know. Well, he does need to consider if they're, they're if risk they're flight run. risk. Yeah, for sure. Because sure, so it is his job. Right. Because uh, I think he says he's like from Tennessee or something. He's like, well, you're going to pay for me to. You're going to pay expenses if I have to, if I have to chase him down. Yeah. Right. Yep. But it's like, but it's not really his job to ask why does this guy know, you know, why is this person putting up the money for really something he does? He just needs his basics that he needs for his job. Right. It should be part of his consideration if he's going to post it. But yeah, I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. I get it. But he, he already knows something's a little goofy. Yeah. And it certainly is going to be far more goofy the second time he sees him. But so he gets the uh, he gets the bond. Beaumont's released. Beaumont's at home, and uh, Sam Jackson decides to pay him a visit. And uh, it's Chris Tucker, which at, in 1997, Chris Tucker is. This is a hell of a year for Chris Tucker. He had been in Fifth Element, yeah, earlier in the year. Yeah. Um, it's important to note here, real quickly, that Ordell finds out that beaumont will likely do 10 years for what he's he, done yeah he's yeah. got previous charges yes and yes. he does Very play that off know. the max yeah. about how oh it's just the system and it's how you know it's how black people are treated and you know all of this like why is it called this for for white people but it's called something else for black, you know so he's he's kind of playing it up but ordell's not dumb mm -hmm. at all like he knows that you know he just needs to get him out of prison yeah for a very specific reason yep which comes up next because then he goes and, and he's like hey chris tucker i don't want to be that kind of guy who does the uh you know i do you a favor I do you a favor you but do i'm gonna favor, be that kind but of, i'm gonna, gonna be that guy i just spent ten thousand dollars on yeah and, and chris tucker just wants to be at home like, watch dude, tv I'm, just high. I'm high yeah he just wants to eat some it's cereal Friday. and watch tv yeah right <laughs> oh my god oh Oh, big worm doesn't show up. Big worm? Or no, um, well, he does. Big perm? Yeah. Big perm? <laughs> I mean, big worm. <laughs> he does show up. He does. Yeah. But they're not, they're never in the same. I mean, no. are they even, are, do we even know that they're two separate people? <laughs> Who? 
Because what? <laughs> He's talking about tiny. I know. And I know. I know. It's a silly question. <laughs> anyway. So I mean, Chris Tucker is tiny. That could be. That's where I was going to uh, go with that. Yeah. Tiny and tiny. Okay. Sure. Anyway, so he's like, <laughs> no, I've got these Koreans that I'm going to sell these guns to. I don't know anything about these Korean guys. What I need you to do is I need you to get in this trunk. <laughs> and when I open the trunk, you just cock the, the shotgun, basically. And he's like, <laughs> you could get somebody off guard that way. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, I love how he says trunk. Asians are dependable. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. So... This is all, all sorts of stereotyping done by this. I mean, I mean, there yes. is there is no one watching this that doesn't understand that Sam Jackson is going to kill him. Uh, I didn't. <laughs> really? No. <laughs> I mean, I've seen the movie. Before, I wanted to make sure. Yeah. I, was like, they, I mean, yeah, it's like none of this sounds right. It's like none of this works. No, it's like why would he? And he questions it appropriately. Right. It's like why are you doing? If you're selling them, if they're like, why are you doing this? But he still does it. Well, yeah. I mean, the guy is kind of in debt. Yeah, but oof. Well, yeah. I mean, wrong. So anyway, so <laughs> this is he. So Sam Jackson gets in the car. And he puts on his his leather gloves. It's important. Yeah. Because we see this later. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he he. This is when it turns into a giallo, and I love it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is why Chuck loves this movie. Yeah. Um, so he starts the car, and there's a song playing, which is the, I think this is really really good design here because. It, it, the, there's a crane shot that pulls up right mm-hmm. and you see him drive off it's a great shot and then all in the same take all in the same shot he comes around a corner he goes into like basically like an industrial park, park. Yeah. and he parks the car it's a construction and construction site of some sort yeah, yeah and the uh and the sound or the the music playing and the stereo is off in the distance now and um he gets out of the car he just opens up the trunk and he just shoots him yep twice twice and uh that's the end of that yeah. Bye-bye, Beaumont. Bye-bye, Beaumont. Wait, he says something about Beaumont that rhymes, and it's really funny. Like something about... It's not really funny, though. But the way he, he talks <laughs> about it is it. funny. I, didn't, I was like, that doesn't even rhyme, Sam. No, it's something about... Yeah, He's but... He's like, out front and Beaumont? Those don't rhyme. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. It, 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 I want to talk about something that's kind of hard to talk about. Um, the use of the N-word... And the first act of this movie is holy shit excessive. Yeah. Right? But at least it's But at least it's it's only it's not Quentin Tarantino saying it. it right. Yeah. And it's only Sam Jackson and Chris Tucker. And Chris Tucker, right. Um but there is something still about And then like, later Pam Grimm. A white writer director, you know, like writing it, right? Uh there there was a lot of controversy about this when it when it happened. I think Pam Greer said and we'd have to fact check this. That that was Sam Jackson, her, and Chris Tucker that well infused their lines with. Well, that they word. definitely endorsed it. No, I think they said it more. Um, maybe, maybe they That's, did. I, mean, I think I read that. Uh, I know that Spike Lee wasn't happy about it, which is interesting because Spike Lee and Sam Jackson are tight. But it's also not surprising because because Spike Lee's not happy with a well, lot Spike, of things. Well, Spike Spike Lee accused Tarantino of fetishizing the word. Sure. Um, and that's under that's a that is a very very in 1997 it's a very valid point to yes to write the the write the material the way you think these characters are going to speak but also in 2022 it's a valid point to say you don't do you that. probably can't make this movie the same way 
unless unless the actors are the ones doing it like right. like chuck right. or spike lee directed it i i will say that sure. yes i don't the, mean that a negative way. no the but big, no no the big, yeah, no, the big right, difference though. to me is it's not it's not a white person saying true it because oh, that i'm it's that's the cringiest fucking it's uncomfortable of pulp fiction yeah is is quentin's t- scene in the bonnie situation well because it's so it's not good <laughs> well yeah and and what makes it difficult too is that it it comes across as being very um it, it's not the type of thing where it's like oh he's being edgy or anything like that it, what it comes across as is almost like it's a vanity scene yes for because sure. it is him um like it's I, all like too I familiar like, like coming I, out of his mouth way too familiar yeah, yes absolutely and and uh i like that scene i don't like the words um i think it yeah just, well yeah it makes me this... uncomfortable how much it's used in in jackie brown absolutely even in context absolutely. i guess it makes sense like i don't know i don't know i've never but, been but, to a gun man, dealer's when, house when, like when that, pam but... greer delivers it that line that word back at ordell when she's got the gun on him it has fucking weight yeah it. like it feels like I'm throwing all this bullshit gangster shit back on you. Yeah. yeah. And I've got you under my thumb now. Yeah. It's it's powerful. Yeah. 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 Well, and there's there and there you go. There's one instance in which it's like now that means something. Yeah. Um it's powerful. Yeah. I mean, and she's she's in control. Right. Yeah. But the um yeah, so she now pretty much Shortly after Ordell kills Beaumont, uh, Jackie Brown's coming, you know, coming back from a from a flight, and uh, there's a there's a goofball there with a mustache <laughs> who uh, stops her. <laughs> that guy, who is that guy? <laughs> I don't I don't know who the hell that actor is, but I haven't really seen him in anything other than this, and he's such a goofball. He's such a weird juxtaposition to um, Batman. Oh, it's uh, isn't it? Uh, isn't it Michael Bowen? Michael isn't... Bowen. Yeah. What the hell else was he in? I gotta look this up. Uh, he was on Breaking Bad, but he was also he was on the Valley Girl. Oh man, he was the Knight of the Comet. He's been in some weird stuff. Yeah, Iron Eagle. But yeah, he comes out and he's like all like chomping his his gum, acting like a badass, and he <laughs> wants to say. But then we're introduced to. ATF agent Ray Nicolette. Yes. And um who by the way is like a Elmore Leonard regular. That character is. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we're going to talk about him for at least one scene. Yeah. N- uh, next week. Yes. Um That's true. Huh. Yeah, yeah there's a whole story about how yeah. Tarantino specifically he said just let him just let, let him, let him it. be it yeah 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 don't, don't, don't he's not going to take credit just yep. don't make waves just let him do it. it's the character yeah yeah that's uh, cool yeah same actor yeah so the um yeah so he comes out and he uh you know and he basically it's like they know everything they just need proof they needed proof they, they need needed it, some, they, they need tie it to ordell well they need they need somebody to to testify yeah and they, they probably thought they would have that with beaumont but they also want the guns sure 
They want they, Well, that's why the ATF guy's there. Right, but they want they want they want Ordell with the guns, which they don't ever really get. In the conservatory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which they don't ever really get, which is interesting. But we'll talk about that anyway when we get there. Yeah. Um <clears throat> nobody really gets what they want in this movie not except really. for well, one or two people, maybe. Pam does. Yeah. Mom. Yeah. Well, Jackie. Jackie. Um so yeah, and basically they arrest her because she's got more money than she's supposed to be able to bring in through customs. Right. And they both both Nicolette and um Dargas basically both say it's like we can leave it to you to talk to the customer. Those guys are assholes though. Yeah. <laughs> Was yeah. is it Nicolette that says like oh, they they just have a bad disposition. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Michael like, Keaton is fantastic. We don't like this. those guys. He is great. He's yeah. really good. He's kind of playing. When is Michael type. Keaton not fantastic? True, true. That is very good. That's a very good point. He's. I think he's underrated. Probably. Michael probably. Keaton. I think so. He's kind of like made himself underrated in some ways because he just he doesn't really show up very often. He takes. He's selective. And that made Birdman the movie that it was. Absolutely. I think too. The fact oh that boy! You think a certain way about him. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Bird. He's the reason Birdman won Best Picture. No doubt, for sure. No doubt. I mean, it was beautifully directed, but Michael Keaton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe someday we'll get to see the Flash movie. Uh, I wish. I wish. It's like everything that was going to have Michael Keaton back as Batman is getting fucking Why shelved. can't we have nice things? Fuck you, WB. And well, Flash is a different story. Well, well I know, but <laughs> we, 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 we want to get the bat, the the Batwoman, Batgirl, Batgirl, Batgirl. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Anywho. we did. Anyhow. Um, so, yeah, so basically she gets arrested, which now, because again, she works for Ordell, that brings him back to Robert Forster. It's a, it's yeah. a replay of the Beaumont situation, yep. basically. Yep. 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 Um, has, has, uh, has Robert De Niro already gotten the, the, uh, Supremes? performance <laughs> i think it's around this time oh my god well yeah it has to be because he it's gets so the supreme's good. performance before he sees the body in the trunk from simone that's, that's right, right. Yeah. that's right because because uh, yeah because he gets <laughs> yeah somebody described this because this is fucking well, great. well all right so 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 uh lewis is staying with simone who is one of the women that uh ordell has set up as yeah. he calls it and uh, Simone is kind of a middle-aged black woman who I assume has got some kind of like, like, uh, th- like club show where she does. Um, she yeah, does like, I don't like know. Dudes or something. I don't know. But she's she's singing the Supremes. She's also uh, she's saying Mary Wells at some point. Yeah, too, but Robert De Niro doesn't know but the name. She's names. just doing. She's just doing her little like shimmy dance in her in her sparkly. It's fantastic. Uh, dress. Sing, I'd go sing, see that show if it was at a club. Like two feet, if that, in front of De Niro, <laughs> who's in like this lazy boy recliner, who's just rocking back and forth with this goofy grin, with this on, goofy his grin on his face and tapping on his. He loves it. He he's, loves it. He's, he's like, this it. is great. And it's like, at first you think it's like some kind of like escort situation, yes. but it's not. <laughs> They're it's just hanging not. out at home. Just hanging out at home. <laughs> Somebody's doing a show for him and it's fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and De Niro, he's like, got this kind of just like the satisfied 
but not overly satisfied look on his face, rocking back and forth in his chair. He's tapping, enjoying it. Ta- tapping in a rock. The tapping killed me. It, yeah. It's so, it's like old man kind of like, yeah. like keeping the beat tapping yeah. on his knees, yeah. right? It's it so good. <laughs> is at that point, I wrote that note, De Niro dancing in the chair. Oh. And like his performance is great. And like at that moment, I'm like, he's great in this movie. Yes. That is the moment where it's like, De Niro is, is, fucking bringing it yeah <laughs> it's, subtly it's bringing key, it to but yeah. he is bringing it yeah yeah this movie should have gotten a ton of not i mean he should have also gotten nominated um i think this is a best picture nominee i, I think so too um, we talked about it a couple weeks ago one of you said it <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> Make note for that. For that, uh, go back in the past and talk about this. <laughs> but no, I mean, this is just it's a yeah. I don't. I mean, because I think about it, it's like if this movie had like if Pulp Fiction and this movie had come out any other time except for right then when there was this kind of we like. I would also say that because 96 everything that was nominated except for jerry Maguire was a independent movie 97 was the opposite of that so maybe it was already kind of against this movie but like there's no reason why this movie shouldn't have gotten more than just the robert forster i agree there's no reason for that i think it did get golden globe noms for um Oh, I'm sure it got Golden Globe, but I wonder what those were. I, th- I feel like there were Golden Globe nominations. There were probably other nominations, but like the Oscars was only Robert Forrester. Right, which, right, 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 right. Great, he deserves it, but where's everything else? Where, where's the rest of it? Which yeah. is funny because he was like Forrester was Tarantino's fourth choice or something. He he had Paul Newman, Gene Hackman, and John Saxon ahead of robert forrester for this role i like forrester probably better than all that but forrester just seems perfect in this yeah to well me. he is yeah it's kind of like happy happy which is weird because happy, forrester happy. based happy, on happy. based on his happy career Christmas. based on his career in this movie like how it's like going back into black exploitation or exploitation in general Forster is the better choice anyway. I mean, Saxon, Saxon would have been, 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 been good too. For sure. Yeah. But not the other two. But not no. the other two. I Hackman agree. or Newman? Newman would have been terrible. Yeah. Oh, God. Role. Yeah. Yeah. He would have he would have dominated the movie. Yeah. Oh, Hackman would have too. He would have well, sure. tried to steal every scene. That's the beauty of Forster's performance is it's, again, like another well, this is, measured, understated performance. Like it's yeah. thoughtful. Yeah. Right? He yeah. gets almost all of of the um, critical appraisal of this i mean everybody thinks of this movies all the critics thought this movie was pretty good but all the highest marks went to him yeah. and to pam greer well yeah i mean pam greer needed more because sure. fuck she's she's excellent yeah she's so good she carries the whole goddamn movie yeah i mean she doesn't carry on her back there are other people helping her carry the load, but she is the the heartbeat. Well, yeah. What's great about this movie too, though, is like when she's not involved, there's already always another. Like De Niro is carrying it when she's yeah. not there, and then Forrester is carrying it. They're when, all passing a baton. Yeah, sure. It's a yep. relay race. Yep. Yeah, and they all and they all kind of have like the same vibe too. Right. Like it's sort of an understated cool. It's sort of a little bit like an unsure confidence, right? With the exception of Ordell. Right. Yeah. Ordell is the tornado. Yeah. 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 Bull yeah. In China shop or the tornado. Yeah. 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 He's the ponytail 
but everybody's but everybody's trying to like everybody's trying to like I don't know manipulate the situation around it. They're like, but there's only one person who's actually successful in doing it. Everyone right. thinks they have an angle on it, and, for and, sure. And it's funny because at every beat you think that uh, Lewis is going to turn <clears throat> on Ordell, right? But Lewis is fucking loyal, loyal as hell. It's yeah, crazy, he and he still pays the ultimate price. Yeah, yeah. Hey, no, don't. Yeah, why? Why? Bam! Yeah. <laughs> why don't you just hit her? Yeah. <laughs> Ordell has no loyal. Ordell is just a. He has no moral code. No, 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 no. Well, so it doesn't he expects even loyalty. If you're loyal to him. It doesn't matter. Doesn't well, he expects loyalty, but he can't give it back. It's utilitarianism right. for for Ordell, or it's um, <coughs> or you're just become you're just become, become too much of a problem. Right. Right. Yeah. And he only solves problems one way. One way. Yep. Yeah. By putting them gloves on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so um, he gets Pam Greer out. He, he and he like puts up her bail. Yeah, and then so Robert Forster goes and picks her up. Yeah, and it's like love at first sight. Yeah, and it's it, every scene between the two of them is so damn sweet and uh-huh. feels real. Uh-huh. Like he's calling her to find out what's going on. And he's like leaving all the numbers that. That's fucking he's kind, sweet. He's kind of yeah. It's not. It, yeah. It's it's silly. I mean, it's not what you should do, but it's sweet. Well, he's a little bit smitten. Yeah, and that's it is sweet. Yeah, yeah. Um, you kind of you kind of get this feeling that he's he's kind of feeling like he's alive again. Yeah, and he's yeah. going to shopping for music for Christ's sake. You know, the Delphonics, the Delphonics baby. man. Delphonics, that's baby. some good yeah. shit. Hell yeah. Um. Yeah, the soundtrack's fucking great. It is, and he's he's yeah you know, he wants he's thinking about retiring. He wants to maybe get out of the the business. He's like re, kind of rethinking his his future. Yeah, yeah. And then he uh, yeah, and so like he realizes she's had it rough, and and there's probably some realization, a subtle realization that. Um, that Nicolette and the uh, and the detective guy, Dangus, Dingus, Dargus, Dargus, yeah, Dangus. That's the if uh, if Steve Brule was was talking about this movie, called the Dangus, Dingus. <laughs> the Dangus, yeah, Dangus. Um, anyway, if he was, um, it, it, you know, they talked about how like you know you're a middle aged black woman working for sixteen thousand dollars a year. Yeah, it's like you can't have this kind of rap over you your life's over you don't have any options right and he probably subtly recognizes that yeah and he just kind of takes pity on her at first and and just kind of treats her like a human being where like i'm sure everybody else that she's talked to um has not treated her like that well, in a long a, long this time this is the first person who has interest in her for her and doesn't want anything back exactly Except yeah, for, they, I don't they know. Don't have, they, uh, I, I mean, don't, uh, you know what I mean. No, I'm just saying, I, what I was going to say is, I was going to bring up Sid Haig. We got to bring well, up fucking well, yeah, Sid Haig. Well, yeah, because that's that's the, he's a judge when at her bail hearing. And he was also with her in um, the big dollhouse. Oh, yeah, that's right. Where he gets uh, a lot of handfuls of, of her. <laughs> and it, they, them together in that movie is fucking great. <clears throat> And you know, like I the, wish they had more of time together. Did you know who the public defender was? No, Denise Crosby. Was it? Yeah. Oh my god, it's, I missed it's, it. It's Tasha Yar. Ah! Denise Crosby is the uh, is the public defender. Son of a bitch. Yeah. 
she's the mom from uh, Pet Cemetery. Oh yeah, okay. I was yeah. like, I don't know. Also, the mom from Dolly Dearest. <laughs> I know that uh, too. That movie's not that great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anywho, but yeah, he he kind of when they go to the bar, he kind of explains to her like what she's been hearing is not accurate. They say ten years, you'll probably get a year and four years right. probation. Like well, he's shooting yeah. her straight. He's shooting her straight. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Right, but you know, but that doesn't. I mean, she can't lose a year. But she can't lose a year, and she doesn't. This is she's already like at the last possible rung of her career as a flight attendant. Right. Yeah, I mean, she she's like, well, screw this. I want to turn the tables. Right. Right. Yep. I want to take control here. So she, she also noticed that he had a gun in her yes. his glove compartment. Yes, this is super smart of her because I assume. When he got out of the car to let her out, she grabbed it. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. they show it later. Um, that well, he's but, walking around the car when exactly, she grabbed it. Exactly, because Ordell is waiting at her And place. she knows that because he told her that Beaumont... What is his name? What is... Max Cherry Max tells Cherry. her that Beaumont got killed. Yep. Yep. So she's well, no, like... She knows. No, no, no. Uh, Nicolette told her that Beaumont got oh, killed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and dingus and that, and that he's the and reason why she got stung. Yes, and yeah. um, Cherry tells her that Ordell got Beaumont out. Be- be- yeah, that's, Beaumont that's out. the connection. Yeah, that's the, the connection. And she, and she and realizes she, and she, I'm fucked. And she ain't no fool. Yep. Right. Yep. So yeah. So he. Uh, so he takes off after driving her home. After getting her a drink, getting her some smokes. Um, this scene is great. Yeah, and then it's really good. Yeah, we see because <laughs> you don't know she has a gun, right? Right. Sam Jackson is putting his gloves on as he's walking down the street, right in the middle of the street too. Yep. yep. Um, and he he goes to Jackie Brown's house, and he basically is he's not really saying anything bad yet, but he is menacing as fuck. And then well, he turns you, out the lights. Yeah, and you know. You know what his motivations are because you saw what happened to Beaumont. Right. You saw he was cool him. with yeah. Beaumont too. Yeah. Until yeah. he wasn't. Right. Yeah. So like, like you got you got a vodka? You got some OJ? Make me a screwdriver. Make me a screwdriver. Yeah. So he um Mandrake's a lot of screwdrivers. Yes, he does. In this movie. Yes, he does. I don't blame him. <laughs> he's like I, I like them too. He's like the dude in his uh white rush. White rushes, yeah. yeah. So he um so he says uh so basically he's like you know he's being nice to her he's like oh i'm sure you do much better than all right with the guys and you know he's like kind of disarming her a little bit trying to but she knows what he's there for and certainly doesn't help when he turns out the lights and then puts his hands around her throat yeah well he turns out the light she turns them on and then he turns them off again (laughs) <laughs> and then he grabs her yeah and then she she holds the gun to him yeah. to his dick yeah is that a gun on my dick <laughs> <laughs> and then she uh forces him against the window puts the gun to his head and takes his gun right which is great the next morning and that's when yeah. she she i, I can't forget the exact line but she's like it's essentially if you were to to quote uh no good will hunting <laughs> it's, it's it's the how do you like them apples but it's like you know i got your nuts yeah yeah you know edward and it's power it's yeah. like she has so much power at this point it's 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 
Well, he never fucks with her again. Nope. At least nope. until he had to. He she gives him the plan. She's a yep. man with, she's a man with a plan, right? Right. And uh and he's down for it cuz she's like, "Look, if I go to jail for this, you know, you're going to pay me $100,000 if I go to jail for, you know, more than a year, it's another $100,000." It's like, "I'll do the time, but you're going to pay." But I have a better way. Mm-hmm. Let's get all that rhymed. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's get all your money back from Mexico. And she lays it all out for him. And he sees the light. Mm-hmm. And he actually respects it. He's like, all right, let's do this. And when he when he leaves, you know, he's it's kind of like they're they're partners. Yeah. Yeah. There's a mutual respect. He's he's come around. And uh, and you get the sense that she's safe, at least for now. Right. And then Robert Forster discovers he doesn't have a gun. Yeah. That whole story about him actually explaining that he went back to the, you know, he found out he didn't have his gun. So he went back to the office, got another gun, got the stun <laughs> gun, then went to the guy's house and then sat there and cat piss and waited for him. And it's like, you didn't have to say any of that. <laughs> you didn't have to tell her your entire evening after you dropped her off. Um yeah, it's uh, because he had to go pick up another person who skipped. Yeah. Um, a, a trace skipper? Uh, yeah, trace skipper. That's yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> Skip trace. I think he has a bit of like, well, he, he over he overspeaks to her because well, he's, he's not that. That's what, he's smitten and yeah. he's, like, he's like tripping over his own words because he's very calculated when he talks to Ordell at yes. the office. Yeah. But whenever yeah. he's with her, he's just kind of almost like a motor mouth a little hey, bit. He's a little socially awkward. With yeah. her specifically. With her. Yeah. Well, he, yeah. Because yeah. she definitely gets his motor running. Yeah. Um, he wants I, to head out but on I the highway. The, but I get the sense that, that he's Look kind of adventure. that way outside of his maybe, professional maybe, self. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um well and also um she's a little taken aback by the fact that you went into some guy's house that it's like what if you know it's like he's he's not to be fucked with either she's like you can do that yeah it's like you can do and it's like what if he came in with a gun well that's what the stun gun's for is the disarmament you know and it's like he's very like when he's talking about his job he is it's like it's no nonsense but like she's still taken aback by it too it's he's like he's the dude yeah you know, like he's a, he he could kick some ass if he needs to and he plays it really the entire movie plays it really cool yep yeah um but that whole thing with her making coffee and like milk went bad while i was in jail right that whole thing's cute and she's playing the delphonics and he's like i really like this is, right this is pretty yeah um yeah and then later oh god that just that one scene did not have to be in the movie but the scene of him at the at the shop buying the tape it's like that is 30 seconds of perfection that does not have to be in the movie but you fight for that 30 seconds to remain in the movie it's a little hammer on head right like a little bit like if you haven't realized by this point that he's falling for her this is like but why not but, show it but it sets up all the music but, right. he plays later sure yeah right? and, it, and it and it also kind of it's a, such a like an age thing too because he buys the cassette and walks through all the stacks of cds right yep it's yeah. a character note it's it, it's like jeff would say it's the little thing it's a character note and it also <laughs> it also informs ordell later and if you yeah. don't yeah if you have him playing the delphonics without showing why he has it might yeah. be a problem right sure. right 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 yeah 
but it's you know but yeah it's it's the it's the little characterization there that you know it's like it's a little it's him having a little piece of jackie around all the time um which is you know it's one of those sweet things it doesn't have to be there it doesn't have to exist but it's sweet that it does right um yeah, so you know, basically, she lays out the plan to to Max, and Max like, I don't know, you know, it's like, I don't. Does this, you know, is this the part where she asks him like straight up? No, I don't think it is. Maybe it's later. He asks, she asks him like, if you had this opportunity. Oh, this is later when he talks about like possibly retiring. Yeah, yeah, we kind of mix those. Right. Yeah, but that's not. I mean, the story beats. That's not too far off. Right. But yeah, so it's like she's basically saying it's like this is the plan. And he's like, I don't know, this is risky because a part of him is still part of kind of the law enforcement machine, where it's like he he can't really know about this sort of stuff. He can't really like, and he certainly can't tell her everything she wants to hear because he also knows the reality of it i get i get that but also that he's shown in the past when ordell showed up that he will look past he knows that ordell is you know like ordell even admits it if i show up with ten thousand dollars in a bag they're gonna start asking questions about where i got it max is not dumb he knows sure. that he's got it by means that he wouldn't be able to explain and he takes the money anyway yeah well, i agree and i think that's part of why um max wants out yeah yeah he's like i'm done this is questionable i don't like it yeah yeah but he also presses ordell for the money too he's like he's like there's a lot of paperwork and you still need to give me a thousand the thousand yeah you know it's like i'm still running a business here right yeah does my white guilt right what does he say oh it's gonna be like that (laughs) is white guilt supposed to make me forget i'm running a business business. yeah exactly Oh, it's oh, it's gonna be like that. <laughs> so he gets into his little fanny pack. He's like, I got thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and um, so yeah, basically for a, a a gigantic chunk of this movie, it's it's now going to come down to Jackie Brown setting the plan in motion with um, Dargus and um, Nicoletti, N- Nicolette, and saying, you know, it's like okay. Uh, they're going to do practice runs where they're going to mark some money and they're going to, you know, they're going to have it uh, pass off to another one of Sam Jackson's set up girls. Um, Sharonda. Sharonda. Yeah. Sharonda is a tragic character. Oh, my goodness. So tragic. She's she's this country bumpkin who apparently just came out of like some shack in fucking Alabama. And he, and he never bought her any clothes. I told her Compton was Hollywood. Like, yeah, it's yeah. so sad. It's super sad. And she's an and she idiot. Cl- and she's clearly strung out on drugs or something. Yeah. yeah. And she's kind of an idiot. And because she's, she's strung out on drugs, I think. Yeah. Probably a little bit of both. Yeah. Of, yeah. yeah. yeah yeah um he, yeah because he, he later is, he's on, exploited her poor yep really badly yeah. yeah and like later on because like when max shows up at her place it's like don't worry she doesn't even know you're here yeah yeah she's she's not like his little surfer girl right you know who's just happy with pot basically right and who uh who has a brain right um maybe that's what gets her killed later <laughs> right she's at least streetwise um and she's surely not like Simone, who I don't. I, I probably won't fuck with Simone. No, no. But I'd go see your show. 
I would whatever her show is, I'd go see it. Simone just she just seems like she's living a good life. She's honestly. badass. She's badass. <laughs> see well, the Supremes. Yeah. And the fact that <clears throat> we don't even realize that's her later. <laughs> right. Is brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're right. I did not realize it was her picking up the money. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. second bag until it was said and it's like oh my god that you know it's like she was wearing a wig earlier ah, okay yeah yeah, yeah you know so uh but anyway no the um yeah so it's like uh you know so basically she's she's working with jackie brown is going to work with sam jackson and the law guys yeah and she's going to set it up basically where she's going to basically double cross both of them yeah yeah and take the money for triple herself cross. yeah triple cross triple cross they think the cops think that she's gonna <clears throat> she's like gonna bring the money in and give them ordell ordell thinks that she's gonna use the cops to allow safe passage for the money and trick them into diverting the money elsewhere and then it so it gets to ordell and what she's really going to do is trick them both, keep the money with Max's help. Which at one point, Nicolette says, as long as I get Ordell, I, I don't want to know about anything else. Right. 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 Which is like permission to yeah, her. Yeah, because at one point, like, she, yeah. she meets They don't up, give a shit about the money. No. Right. Yeah, they want the, they want the dealer. It's like the money is just going to end up in a locker. Yep. Right. That doesn't mean anything. It's just going to be she confiscated. Even, she even, like, that's in the conversation where he's like, well, what if, what if a little bit of this money goes missing? You know? Yeah. They have that little sly conversation. On when he's the marking the bills. When he's marking the bills. Yep. Yeah. And he's like, I, you shouldn't do anything stupid. Right. Basically. But, but, but they both if kinda, it slips through. They both kind of know the score. Yeah. If yeah. it yeah. slips through, it slips through. But I better not find out you did something. Yeah. Now the other thing they, is they are the dumbest motherfuckers in this movie, though. Well, everybody's dumb. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they're well, they're they're being led around by the nose to the big catch, right? The, you know, so it's like they're they're kind of being. And this is where Max Cherry kind of gives her color. He's like, I know these guys. I know what their motivations are. I know what they want. And she's like, okay, I can use that. Well, he also they they meet and he, you know they have dinner or lunch at the mall or whatever. And uh, because she sees him there and it's like, oh, and it's like, oh, this is so, and he's like so excited that he, and she talks about, it's like, yeah, you know, I was talking to Nick Lynn. It's like, oh, you think he has a thing for you? It's like, he right. wants to know right away. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, I don't know. You know, and it's like, <sighs> I love, fucking I, Pam Greer. Of course I, I love, I love how, <laughs> I love how he, he talks about Nicolette. Like he's a young, like up and comer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the forty-year-old Michael Keaton. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like maybe to you, Robert Forrester. Yeah, but... it's like I don't know. I mean, I guess compared to Robert Forrester, we're all yeah, young yeah, yeah. spring chickens. <laughs> and Ordell sees him show up there too, and he has a little bit of. Oh like, my god! Yeah. The, the, what the fuck is yeah. going? What on the here? fuck is yeah, going on yeah. here? To himself, where he almost walks away and runs into the corner. I was like, oh, <laughs> and then he turned just in time. I was like, oh. <laughs> so we have that going on. We have surfer girl telling um de niro lewis like hey this is what they're trying to do yeah we should grab the money yeah 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 because oh by the way at one point they're having like a little catch-up like um you know he's like asking about the pictures like on her on her tv and everything oh you're 16 here i, yeah. I, I, I would have swore you were uh, no he said 14? 14 it's like i would have swore you were at least 16 yeah, yeah. 
and then they show the picture and it's like i think she's like 23 <laughs> but anyway she's but anyway so like bridget fonda is like they're, they're having this conversation and then just the, like without missing a beat it's like you want to fuck yep. and he's like hmm. and he does the the robert de niro three hmm. the, and that's like one of those tarantino flourishes three minutes later three minutes later yeah yeah and what's funny is is that that was fun. Late, yeah, that yeah, really hit the spot. That really hit the spot. <laughs> but then later he finds out that, um, oh, <laughs> that Melanie's no good at fucking anyway. <laughs> Dude, that conversation. So, so between, like that whole thing. That conversation between Lewis and Ordell, where Lewis tells Ordell first that she is is, is basically trying to, to scam him. Yes. And then also confessing to fucking her. He was yeah. like, well, I mean, it's something, I figured. I figured he guys been throw in the joint for a long time. He needed some pussy. Yeah, the throw you some pussy. It's like, but but, but I'm glad that you were felt at least a little bit guilty about it. <laughs> like, yeah, a little bit, a yeah, little bit, a little bit, a little, little bit. bit. Yeah. I don't know if he said that, but he should have. That's yeah, a really, a, that's a really funny scene. Um, well, that's when he says like, Melanie is Melanie. What? Go yeah, ahead. you can't trust Melanie, but you can always trust Melanie to be Melanie. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and because he like he's been through this rodeo before she's tried to right to scam him yeah you know but she's this little white surfer girl yeah yeah i mean like i said every home should come with a bikini top daisy duke clad bridget fonda <laughs> from 1997 that'd be great that'd be great um until she scams you out of your well i mean i'm not saying you get melanie specifically <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, you know, you just get you just get Bridget. You Fon. just get Bridget Fonda, <laughs> right? But anyway, so the um, <laughs> <laughs> the first dry run, the first dry run is when we see um, Sharonda sit down with Jackie Brown. Oh God, the poor girl. She looks hungry. She looks strung disheveled, out. strung, strung out. out. Yeah. She can't even talk hardly, and she's like, well, Jackie has to tell her, like, you can eat. You can eat. Yeah, Jackie's trying, like, trying to have pity on this girl. Yeah. It's really, right. it's really, yeah, it's oof. Right. Yeah. This is not a kind business that, and Jackie knows what Ordell probably does to this, right. to people. Right. So it's like, okay, so, but then you don't realize that. Shonda. Not Sharonda. Um, yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, um, Simone. 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 Simone is at the table next to her, and she leans over to Sharonda and asks for the time. She's like, I ain't got no watch, or whatever <laughs> she says. It's so pitiful. And like she gets away, and she kind of, or she kind of stands up, and she kind of slinks away with her bag. And then the other woman gets up and goes the other direction with the bag. And Max already knows, oh, this is the moment where I'm like, this is best supporting shit right here. He doesn't say a word in his realization. Like he's watching it and you can see his eyes kind of get bigger and yep. he realizes yep. what's happening. And he's like, this could work. Yep. Yeah. It's fucking brilliant. Like yeah. the, his understated, the way he watches it is so good. Yeah. Yep. So good. And so, yeah. And basically, uh, also he watches, um, Dargis and, and Nicolette follow Sharonda. Right. Yeah. So it's like, oh, the misdirection does work. It, yeah. You know, it, it's like, okay. So basically, he's all in at this point. Oh, and she's made sure that they're not going to stop her. So it's not, it's a dry run for them, but it's also a dry run for the, the overall scam. Right. It, right. But, they need to let the 10,000 get away. Right. Right. She's Otherwise, worried that that, that 10,000 get away, but there's no 10,000. If they decide to stop Sharonda, the whole gig is up. Right, yeah. and if they don't stop Sharonda, 
If Sharonda, they don't stop Sharonda, then, then, then th- this is yes. a dry run for the Triple Cross. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... It's great stuff. Right. Yeah, it really is good. <laughs> so I guess really... I kind of want to read how Elmore Leonard I kind of do that. too, yeah. yeah. So basically, yeah. So now, I guess at this point, I mean... Where where do we go from here? We're on really, the. We're I mean, on the, the, we're I mean on pretty the, much it's it's time for the triple cross. It's time for it. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, they're going to meet at three thirty at the mall, and there was a specific store that Jackie Brown is going to go into because she wants to buy a suit there. And she's got to make it look good because she's got to get the bag. She got to get the bag, and she also wants to buy the suit for another reason. Yes. Because she knows. She looks sexy as fuck in that suit. <laughs> she's, it's a fucking power suit, man. Yeah. Um, she can do anything she wants to me. Jeff is like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, normally, normally sexy. I say shit like sexy, that, but anyway. Um, <laughs> so, she, uh, basically. Tune in she next are- week for Eyes Wide Shut. Or no, was that last week? Last week. Last Tune week. in last Damn week. It. Tune in next week for last week <laughs> <laughs> brain's broken brain is broken uh, yeah, yeah, uh, anyway so um she also knows that melanie is gonna fuck them all up yeah oh yeah yeah melanie. she doesn't trust melanie and melanie doesn't like her either no, no. like they have one scene together and they fucking hate each other yeah. instantly because she goes to melanie's place to see ordell and um yeah, and so and so like, she keeps a, an extra pack of money, like extra ten k, to to hopefully, you know, placate Melanie. Right, she's like, I left you something, yeah. a little extra on top. What has he ever done for us anyway? Right, but Melanie thinks she's got the whole thing, anyway. Right. But so, that, but that kind of like takes a little bit of all the suspicion off. Maybe she doesn't need to check it. She just feels like and the weight is good because it's packed. The weight is books. right. Book, as we find out. Yeah. Right, so, right. so she comes and they switch the bags and then she comes out frantic. Yeah. And she almost like walks away without her change after paying for the. And right, right, right. She's like, and it's like, oh, because you see her kind of building up to that in the dressing room. Yeah. And she's it's like, wor- oh she, my God, is, is like Robert Forster like she's, late? She's working herself up. Yeah. Oh, I should add that Melanie has already gotten on Robert De Niro's nerves <laughs> for being late. Yes. She's yes. always late. That was yeah. set up a couple of scenes previously. <laughs> and, um, I love the way this whole thing is shot too, because it's shot from each perspective. Each person's perspective. Yeah. And there's a moment where, where, where Robert Forster, Max Cherry and Lewis see each other and they like, yeah, this is kind of like the, this is the thing that kind of gets Lewis Max. Well, it gets Lewis and Max kind of like in trouble. Right. Right. Yeah. Lewis yeah, the this- most. Lewis. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can get in any more trouble no, than Lewis. No, they're dead. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So basically from their perspective, from, from Lewis and Melanie's perspective, he is just pissed. They're late for the, for the swap they you know he's dragging her around she wants to waste time she wants to look at dresses she wants to go over to that side of the store he's like fuck give me the fucking bag and let's go right and then they get the bag and he's like she you know she's kind of like waving her and it's like give it it's like he's he's being a dick you know it's like he's he's been cool for most of them now he's like abusively dickish he's he's like he's like i think he's tense i think he's well he's not good at what he does he feels he feels a little yeah like exposed yeah 
Yeah. And so, you know, but basically. And he's not dealing with a professional here. And he's far from what he used to be if he was ever good at all. Right. And he knows that she wants to double cross Ordell, which would be a problem So he's trying to manage that, too. Yeah. That's, I think, his real motivation. Most definitely. Most definitely. Then they go outside, and he can't remember where they parked. (laughs) That's hilarious. She is just needling them. Yeah. How did you rob a bank? (laughs) (laughs) Which is a fair question. Did you have to look for your car after you robbed the bank? That line is fucking hysterical. <laughs> and, and she is Bridget Fun is so good in this scene. Like, oh my god! Like she's just pin, just pinpoint knives. I have to assume just needle in the and, shit. And I, I apologize for the listeners out there who have read Elmore Leonard, but I have to assume that he has some humor in it because I would too. Between I, between this, there is some humor in Out of Sight. There's there's a lot of humor in Get Shorty. I have to assume that it's baked into his book. I would, I, think so. I would think so. He wrote a lot of westerns too. He wrote a lot. Yeah, or maybe I'm thinking of someone else. I think he wrote some westerns. Anyway, yeah, I'm not sure. Are you thinking anyway. of Cormac McCarthy? Or I might be thinking of uh, Louis Lamour. Louis Lamour. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway, doesn't matter. I mean, but I there's there's always moments like this where it's like, this is funny. Now we all know. She's gonna die. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, we're on a we're on a train to that. Yes, there's there's no <laughs> yeah. doubt about it. He is at his wit's end, and he. But we think he can at least wait until he gets back to the VW bus. <laughs> he just shoots her in the middle of the fucking parking lot, oh my God. and it's like this is where this is where Jackie Brown gets lucky. Yeah, yeah, because she didn't know that Lewis was gonna kill her. Right, she didn't know anything other than she was hoping to basically buy some silence from her yeah and so this is where she gets lucky also lucky is that she has some of that marked money on her yeah because when ray nicolette brings so she she so from jackie's perspective she comes out she's frantic there's a long shot of her tracking her out of the um out of the store she's looking around and she then calls for uh, nicolette and um Ray, Ray. Yeah, she calls for Ray saying, uh, Melanie busted in. She took the the thing. It's all fucked, basically. So now she also has to act up the the idea that she's screwed, potentially. Um, So, like, he takes her to the station, and he's pissed at her. Oh, yeah, they're not buying it at all. Well, it's like, why are you wearing the suit? What's that? And it's like... And she, you know, it's like, I'm early. And he's like, ah, get, don't get And she's like, no, listen to me. I was, I was fucking early. And I needed a reason to be in the, in the, in the dressing room, basically. And he's like, well, then you didn't have to pay the girl. It's like, yeah, I kind of did have to. It's like, he's, he's missing, he's missing the, the, like, yeah, she did have to pay the fucking I couldn't just steal girl. the suit. I was freaking out and I had to. Yeah. Yeah. It's like dude you know that you're a lawman you know so but anyway it's also all very convenient it is also all very convenient but at the same time um she still convinces them that she can still deliver their prize sure sure but they're like well they're highly suspicious (laughs) and he basically is like you better fucking make good on this yeah yeah um you know, like this, you get one last shot. We're on both. You were on everybody. 
at this point. And this is where Nicolette says, I think, like, as long as we get him, I don't care what happens with anything else as long yeah. as I don't know about it. Right. Yeah. And we he gets called out of the room, and that's when we find out that now Lewis has gone and met up with um, Ordell, and Ordell has killed him. Yep. Um, because you know, God, that's when he's like, yeah, "So where's Melanie?" He like looks in the back of the van. Where's yeah. Melanie? <laughs> <laughs> she was. She it's was almost like she should. She was fly bugging up. me the whole time, man. She's, 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 don't know. So you left her there? Like, I like, shot her. <laughs> you couldn't have just hit her. <laughs> you and shot like, her. I shot her twice. And then, and, then, and then this is like when you really know how far uh de niro has come lewis has come he says what the fuck happened to you man yeah you used to be beautiful (laughs) well then he also like he he says like you know are you sure she's dead yes i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure it's like pretty sure what the fuck is that it's like because there's one thing we don't need is that bitch to still be alive (laughs) right (laughs) well no one can be i mean that's ordell's world Right. As soon as someone becomes someone that can compromise them, they have to die. Right. Right. And there goes Lewis. Yeah. So basically, now Ordell has to go hide out at Sharonda's place. And Nicolette also tells Jackie that it's like, you better hope we find him before, because we can't, we lost him. Yeah. And she's like, I thought you had him trailed. And it's like, well, we lost him. And it's like, you better hope we find him before he finds you. And then now, with as far as Max's side of it, he did get the bag, and he inspected it before he left. And it's like, there's five hundred forty thousand dollars in this bag. So he's like, hey, all right. So he takes <laughs> off, and um, Ordell calls him at the at his office, and uh, he knows, oh, things have not gone quite the way right, right. we expected. So he calls, he, he gets his buddy, Tiny uh, Lester, Zeus. Zeus. And he's like, um, hey, I got something for you. No holds barred. <laughs> I need you to go over there by Friday and find this guy. <laughs> right. I'm out of Tiny Lester movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fifth element. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, he's like, you know, I need you to find this guy. And he's like the best fucking trace skipper skip tracer in the world and he finds him chase skipper and max cherry goes and he <laughs> this is great timing he he bangs on the on the metal storm door and instantly shot out of a cannon here comes ordell it's like why are you knocking on the door like the police <laughs> and he's like you know i've got your i've got your deposit back i got your bond back playing kind of dumb yeah, yeah, and he's like, yeah. oh, wait, I thought you had all my money. And basically, Max can't hide anymore that, yeah, Jackie's got it. But he does say, basically, it's like, oh, Jackie's got it. He, She wants to give it to you personally. She's in my office. And she's in my office. And he's like, all right. And he calls her. And she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for you. And she's like, got a gun. She's like you know practicing like how she's gonna draw it fast it's hilarious how bad she is at she it. is yeah. very slow she's very slow um yeah sheba baby she is not doing this um but then she uh you know it's like it turns out the light 
you know, decides she's going to sit there in the dark. And she uh, comes in, or, you know, like he comes in with Max. He's like, why are you sitting there in the dark? He's like, eh, you know. And, and then she yells out. She's got a gun. He's got a gun. Ray, he's got a gun. Yep. And they just come in and fucking shoot. God, Ray fucking nails him three times. Lights out. No problem. See, this, mm. this is what I don't understand about the movie is they didn't get an arrest. Usually you want an arrest. They didn't get the guns either. They didn't get the guns. They didn't get him really doing anything at all. Like, uh, they knew he, he killed the Lewis. They knew he killed Lewis. Did they? Yes. yes. They one hundred percent knew he killed Lewis because he he told he told Jackie that and Lewis she, was dead. She is brilliant here because she employs the Ordell against Ordell, yelling that he has a gun means he gets killed, and her only loose end is no longer alive well i know that i mean but but he whether the, the he cops don't get what they want that's what i said nobody get, get nobody gets what they want yeah, yeah, except yeah, for jackie yeah yeah yeah, yeah. right because the cut and and like the money's to the wind that this one they don't know who has the right, right right they have no reason to think really well definitely they don't care they said they don't well, care well oh, that's, that's the thing though it's like it's definitely a melanie it's not lewis like, who the fuck would it be? But he yeah. could have let Ordell could have left it anywhere. He didn't have to have it on him True. for there to be because they do say, does he have any money on him? And and Robert Forster tells him exactly what he should have on him. He has forty thousand in unmarked or ten thousand right. in marked bills or so something they think like. Right, he's got it. The rest, yes, because he has some on him. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of a brilliant right plan. So they do able, they are able, but they can't just let him. Ha- and he does have yeah. the gun. So like he did have the gun out, yeah, right. So like it's probably I, the same Jackie's gun he right. Caught, he shot Lewis with, and they probably. can't do anything to Jackie anymore. But they didn't because, get the guns. Yeah. Oh my god, uh, tiny Zeus, Le- Zeus, tiny Lester coming out with the fucking baseball bat. <laughs> That's probably all she really needed. Zeus, tiny Lester, <laughs> whatever. Tiny Zeus Lester. Yeah. Zeus, tiny. Lester, well, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't yeah. fucking matter. His Zeus. name is only Zeus in the movie. No, I thought his name was really no, Zeus. really it is Zeus. Was, I don't think so. I'm looking it up right now. It, it, that's how talk amongst built. yourself. Anyway, so he, you know, he comes out with the fucking um, with the fucking baseball bat, and they, they're like, "How did you find him? Is this what it's my job? That's my job." That's what I do. <laughs> and they're like, "Okay, <laughs> you want to come work at the force?" And then we have like the little denouement. Oh God! Where. <laughs> Where Jackie goes back to see Max, and she's oh, kind of yeah. like, "It's Tommy, hey, Tommy Dwayne Lister." I told Jr. you it wasn't Zeus. He's been credited with with Zeus. <laughs> no, he only has. He's yes. credited as Tiny, not Zeus. Tiny, I'm right. Here, just so you know. <laughs> um, but th- she has that conversation where she's like, "Come with me. Mm-hmm. Like you can come with me." Which. You can read it however you want. She walks out the door and drives away. Well, she away. thinks that he was going to retire anyway. Yeah. She thought that they were going to leave together. He anyway. watches her leave and he turns around and stands looking at I'm pretty sure he chases her. Like uh, he goes after her. Maybe, but I, I love the fact when she's like, you're scared of me. He's like, mm, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Um, because she is not the person that he thought. Now, that's on him. For assuming that she was. But he also aided her in this thing, so he's no better than her at that point. That is true, but. He only took 10%, though. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, I'd feel better if you took more money. I'm like, 
That's all. I, that's all you had to say. <laughs> you just Sam Jackson that. Yeah, no, I did. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. So, like, again, this is another. You know, it's like, oh, the the end of this is so good too because it's like he gets a call. And he's like, you're still running a business. He's yeah. like, oh, you got to answer the call. And it's a lady that's asking about a, a bond for her, her son. And Jackie just leaves. Yeah. You know, so he's like, and he sees her get in the car and he's like, ma'am, can you call me back in like 30 minutes? It's like, I, I've got to excuse myself for something. And he doesn't catch her. So then it switches to her perspective. And there's, again, that long shot of her, you know, listening to across 110th Street. Yeah um singing it singing it at the end yeah driving away and you know so again it kind of begins and ends with her kind of solitary you know kind of being focused on moving someplace yeah um by the way one quick thing another brilliant robert forster thing um when he goes to collect the bag because she tells the 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 lady at the front desk or at the checkout, someone left a bag. In someone there. left a bag in the last um, uh, stall. Stall, and he comes in. It's like, yeah, my wife said there's a bag or something, and the lady she left a bag of beach towels. <laughs> the lady's kind of shitty to him a little bit, a little bit. Oh, yeah, well, it was in the last stall, and he goes and gets it, and the lady's on the phone, and then like as he's walking out, he's like. Eh, got it yeah <laughs> he like he thumbs up and it's like oh it's so goofy but it's like it's kind of per it's very realistic it's it's very old man gets bag out of last stall <laughs> <laughs> perfect we've Nailed all it. been there yeah. we've all been there yeah perfect this is a really good movie it is really good it's a very good movie i was trying to look and see who that was the reception or the the counter lady yeah because she amy really, the counter girl she looked really familiar uh, it's Amy Graham. Is that Heather Graham's what are, sister? What are her, Maybe. Was she in the True Blood? Uh, Doesn't Heather Graham have a sister named Amy? Amy Graham. She, looked, uh, she wasn't from Dusk Till Dawn. Ah. That's interesting. Maybe uh, maybe Quentin Tarantino was... Uh, so she knows Tarantino. That's odd. That's odd that he knows anybody. Yep. <laughs> you know, uh, here he knows Sam Jackson, too. She doesn't have very many big credits. So. I think uh, you guys were talking about where this ranks. Perdita Durango. Like two or three. You yeah. said it's your second favorite. You said it's your third. Yeah. Around there, like approximation. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I, it's hard for me to I've not actually seen all of Tarantino's movies. Oh, really? What have you not, have you seen? not seen? Django. Oh, Django's really good. Really good. Um, and I've seen in Glorious Bastards. I saw so long ago. I don't hardly remember, except for the change in history. I'll tell you what, that movie has gotten better for me. Like the last time, I, Which the one? first time, Glorious Bastards. In Glorious Bastards, the first time I was like, "There's too much like dull, like stretches in it." But the last time I saw it, I was like, "The dull stretches are great. Like there's great acting. There's great. It's good story it's going really good. on. Like what, as I get older, I appreciate that's those. A, there's a lot of great more. characters in that. Um, so Jason, you, I assume Pulp Fiction is all of our number ones. Yeah, yeah. it's my favorite. Yeah. yeah, I saw that a few years ago at uh, Flicks Brewhouse. First time I'd seen it in probably 10, 15 years or something. 
And oh, oh my god, it's still every bit as good as the first. I time. caught it. I caught it on. Um, Susan and I were in Nashville, and we were like, got home late in the hotel, and we put on the TV, and it was on. You watched it till the end. Watched it till the end. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 fucking that good. I mean, it's yep. every time. It is a watch, watch to the it, end movie. I watch it every couple years at yep. the very least. It's still in like probably my top ten ever. Oh, I would say it's definitely in the top twenty five favorite movies. Maybe top ten most important movies in my life. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it, it, most it, definitely. Yeah. yeah. There wasn't a movie. It was, it was kind of a weird <clears throat> few years because that came out. And then the usual suspects, and those two mm. movies like changed my opinion. Both changed my opinion on what a movie could be, and I, I mean, still love them both very yeah, much. Yeah, I mean, I think about like movies in my lifetime, in my lifetime, not like I mean, because like obviously, like you know, one flew of the cuckoo's nest for me trumps everything, right? But like in my lifetime, it's like between there, there are no movies more important in my lifetime than. Pulp Fiction and Clerks. Clerks is way up there. Yeah. Um, and they both came out in the same year. Six months apart or something. I mean, I you honestly, know? I'm looking and it's just, there's nothing that he's made that I don't like. No, think, and there's nothing. I think, yeah. I think if there's anything that I need to revisit, it's probably Death Proof. That was. That one's got a real dull spot. The problem with Death Proof is it should have been the. It, sh- it was appropriately the B picture in the yeah and the, the double feature but it still feels like they should have put it first and let and let, let planet, planet terror, terror build be, you up be like the fucking the crescendo right because yeah. because the problem with death proof is is that it has a sagging moment after the big crash at the yeah at the middle part and then it reintroduces the new characters and it's like oh my god i've gone through it's a, a movie and a half now it's, a it's like like oh. I, I i'm okay with it until they get to the diner scene the next morning and it's like whoa we're still with these yeah. characters and right. nothing is happening yeah. yeah yeah but jackie brown was good the jackie brown's very good <laughs> what would you say is what's this fighting for number two with on because you you and i are this is number two right i don't know if this is my number two but I, that's what i was thinking about I mean, I mean, just from like pure nostalgia, Reservoir Dogs is way in the conversation. That would probably be Fair. my second. Like, I saw that before I saw Pulp Fiction. Even mm. I, I did too, but I didn't know that and, it was Quentin Tarantino. And and that was a movie I watched a lot. Um, it's I think it's it's not a when you put it up against the rest of his overall, it's maybe not as great, but it still kind of holds a personal connection. This is going to be unpopular, probably. But I really like the Hateful Eight. I yeah, really, good. really like it. It's good. It's real good. He, I mean, he, he. I could probably like lump six of his movies into the same spot. Yeah. Well, you know, and like, that, that's I what like I'm all looking these at. Movies kind of equally. Like but, after after Pulp Fiction, this and Reservoir Dogs probably clear number three for me. Just again for yeah. nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I, <sighs> And Stephen Wright as the radio guy that fucking yeah. kills me. I love. But no, but I, I the, really love Reservoir Dogs. It, I really it has do. those but moments then after too. That, you'll they never all forget. Can, yeah, yeah. But then after that, it's like the rest of his filmography. I think is just fourth. <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, whatever. yeah. I, I agree with that. Because it's, it's, yeah. it's also so totally different. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's always Tarantino, but it's also like very pinpoint. Well, yeah, pastiche. and it's like, but as much as I liked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Do I like that more than I liked 
the two Kill Bill movies as one piece. Those are like know? I know, and I I I I like Kill Bill Volume Two better than yeah. One. That is just oof, it's so good. The great yeah. thing about Tarantino is as as Tarantino is all his movies are, and I think you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, every single one of them, with the exception of maybe Pulp Fiction, are a different mood. Uh, yeah. yeah it's like i'm in the mood, I'm in the mood for this i'm yeah. in the mood for that there's always a tarantino movie the thing that makes pulp fiction for me like transcendent film is that it almost doesn't matter what my mood is <clears throat> never uh, it's just it's never. good it's right just you so can just good. put it on yeah yeah like kind of like the big lebowski doesn't That's, matter what i want to watch yeah, yeah. like that movie will scratch the itch somehow pulp fiction just feels like lightning in a bottle it is and and everybody involved in that movie knows it yeah oh yeah i mean it's think about it is it's 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 transcendent yeah it's what's great about it is also is that it's a movie that's so good that there's like you could probably say that certainly in the later part of the 90s and in the early part of the 2000s up until about maybe 10 years ago or so like, a lot of people talk about, like, you know, Bruce Willis had a big ego about everything. I don't think he had an ego about Pulp Fiction. It doesn't, no, everybody, it doesn't like, plays like their it. part no. in that movie. Everybody plays And they're perfect. Their and they're perfectly cast. Yeah. yeah. Every single person, top yep. to bottom in that movie, is perfectly cast. Maybe we should talk about that movie sometime. <laughs> I think maybe we should. I think maybe we should. Because we talked about that as much as Jackie Brown yeah, almost, it feels a like. Bit. No, no. Not as much. No. I'm joking. No. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> but, but man, I, yeah, I love me some Pulp Fiction. Yeah, we should talk about it. Well, maybe, you know, maybe yeah. we could do a, a Reservoir Dogs Pulp Fiction double, double feature. Well, you know what, guys? what the end of next month is our 250th episode oh there we go mm. there we go Maybe. i think that's an out of sight idea Jason. out of sight you know what i was just thinking about uh, out of sight earlier too uh, are you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why is that yep because what <laughs> <laughs> no uh let's talk about that next week as a matter of fact good idea you know what but i don't think we're going to be done with tarantino by the end of this month no either. we're not hmm Anyway, is is out of sight our first Soderbergh? Mm. I think it is. My brain just shut down. Um, might be, but it's a gooder. It is a gooder. It's a real gooder. Yeah. I was so excited to get that on 4K. Mm. Nice. So that's next week. That was next week. So, yes, next week at filmseizure.com. Join us for our second part of our surprise elmore leonard double (laughs) feature yeah without a sight return of ray nicolette yes and a cameo scene yes yes but this is this is to me to me 1998 out of sight 25th anniversary this year Mm -hmm. (laughs) damn uh those years went by fast but uh this is peak like clooney and j-lo it's Certainly peak J-Lo. This is Clujo. Clujo. <laughs> this is sexy. Oof. Their chemistry is... It's... Pardon. It's pun. smoldering. Out of sight. Oh, my God. Mm, yeah. Got it em. is. It's sexy. It's, it, it is. It's sexy. It is. 
That's why I put it on the list. Yeah. Well, where can people find it once we put it up? Filmseizure.com. So that's going to be next. Uh, what? Oh, my gosh. Everything's oh, falling off the oh. table here. Okay. Uh, next Wednesday, filmseizure.com. Come and listen to Out of Sight. Next Monday, I've got an episode of Monster Mondays. What are you covering? Monkey Shines. Nice. Oh, that yeah. guy. Yeah, that guy. That guy. That oh, guy. Georgie Romero. And a little George Romero. The first time I've covered George Romero on Monster Mondays. Oh, huh. interesting. Is it the first time you've covered Stephen King on Monster Mondays? Uh, it's not Stephen That's King. Not. He wrote it. Nope. Didn't he? Nope. I, think so. I talk about that, as a matter of fact, that I thought it was a Stephen King, but it's not. Huh. I thought he it's a short story. Nope. Never mind. Nope. nope. It's written by somebody else. It's written by a British man. They who... work together a lot, but not, not that one. Not that one. I talk about that too with, with Creep Show. <laughs> Creep Show. That dark, was just a setup. I just in the dark half. Yeah, yep. I just let yeah. you. I just led you into your. Yeah. yeah, there you go. So you can come and hear more about that confusion between whether or not Monkey Shines is a <laughs> the, the Stephen co- King, the, the VHS box cover of the Monkey Shines oh. with the little poem. Oh it. yeah, it's great. Creep me out. As a it's kid great so much. It's yeah. actually a really good movie. I agree. I, it, think, it, I like it, it quite a bit. It's gotten its appropriate reevaluation I, over I, the last I few years. I quite like it. Yeah um yeah I, I went on my romero uh uh kicked in the pandemic and i hit that one and i loved it yep for me it's not quite dawn of the dead which we did talk about well, of course not and it's not quite martin either agreed but it's very good i agree it's really really good anyway uh-huh. um so yeah that's going to be next monday what? stephen king wrote a story called the monkey which also has a symbol oh, banging that's so monkey. creepy Weird. ah okay so so i've conflated the two yeah i think well well, well, i did too as a kid easy to do i did as a kid too that's so weird um because either my mom or my grandma had monkey shines as a book and it's like or or had the monkey yeah or something anyway well romero getting involved is absolutely going to conflate it right yeah so anyway um yeah so that's next one but you know what we got a little business this friday we do friday the 13th oh shit so we've got we will have a special episode this Friday. So everybody uh, tune in for that where we're going to talk about the series as a whole and kind of rank them and give oh, our man. give our own personal opinions on that. Oh yeah, is that what we're doing? I got to start watching again. I know I got to get. Re-fetched. I don't need to. I've watched these movies so know, fucking yeah, I much. I don't need to. Um, but it's also, seriously, yeah. The, also this Friday at bmovieanima.com, David Winter's winner continues <laughs> with. A really, really, really pretty decent, kind of skeezy little slasher film itself. The last horror film. Oh, I know this. Yeah. Yeah. With the yeah. uh, with uh, Caroline Monroe yeah. and um, uh, Joe um, fucking uh, maniac. Um, tell me oh, here. Joe Spinell. Joe Spinell. Is Thank it a, you. Is it a is it a play on the Last Picture Show at all? No, 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 no. but, but it is, uh, it, it is this amazing little movie that almost, it takes place at con film festival, but it's all stolen footage. It's yeah. fan fucking tastic. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Uh, it's that. well, it's a well-made little, it is a little sleazy. Oh, for sure. I mean, but Joe Spinell's in it. So. Yeah. But he <laughs> is great in it. Yeah. Holy shit. Anyway. So that's a B movie Uh, go read that review. Um, Yeah. But yeah, so uh, come come next week. Uh, we're going to talk about a uh, pretty pretty darn good 1998 flick. Heck yeah! So uh, until then, 
I am Jeff Arbuckle. I'm Chuck Moore. I am Jason Oliver, and you have been listening to Film Seizure. Dangus. <laughs>